I would not like him to fingle my squid. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to this week's Grape Culture Podcast, the podcast where three women drink wine and discuss feminist literature and issues. I am Sam. I'm Kim. And I'm Alex. And we hope you enjoy the episode. On this week's show, we are going to be talking about the Amy Poehler film Wine Country, which has just come out on Netflix, and what we think of it, what we think it represents when it comes to female friendship, and also what it represents when it comes to wine. That's pretty spot on. Yeah. Well done. I can do things sometimes. (laughs) Good effort. (laughs) But before we get into the specifics of the film, Kim, do you want to tell us about the wine this week? It's surprisingly difficult to find a vegan american wine in england at short notice and so we we changed what we wanted to talk about this week um fairly late on because the film came out and we were like oh we should definitely talk about this yeah um and so i sort of i tracked down uh a vegan chardonnay at waitrose and a vegan cab sav at majestic and turns out neither of those were in stock so i ended up buying a vegan chardonnay which is not american from marks and spencers and a not vegan cab sav that is american that sam just really wanted to try but the point is that we do have one cab sav and one chardonnay which um for those of you who haven't seen the film there's a moment uh, the the film takes place in the Napa Valley and there is a moment at one of the wine tastings there where uh, one chap goes, well, if Cab Sav is the king of wine country, then Chardonnay is its queen. Mm. So I was very adamant that we have one Cab Sav and one Chardonnay. Makes sense. Um, So Alex is going to be ploughing her way through the Chardonnay, which is vegan. (laughs) She's going to be trying. And Mm. yeah, Alex is a little bit hungover today. I'm not looking forward to wine. Which... Um, this is Daniel's Drift Chenin Blanc Chardonnay, which is actually a South African Chardonnay, um, bought at Marks and Spencers. It is unaged Chenin Blanc and Chardonnay blend from the Western Cape region of South Africa, where river ford crossings, known locally as drifts, are precious water sources during the hot, dry summers, best enjoyed within two years of purchase, with uh, tasting notes of crisp melon and citrus, and good with green salads. Hmm. Um, so it's quite a dry one. I actually like that it's it's intended for a sunny day because um, we're having basically the Great British Summer of two days of nice weather. <laughs> two days where it reaches just over 20 degrees. Yeah. So, um, Alex, I'm going to pour this for you now. Oh, thank you. Just so you're not drinking alone. Um, we have the Dark Horse Cabernet Sauvignon from California, which... So, Sam, you've never tried this before. No, I've always seen the... Um, I'm a sucker for a good logo, and when we were looking at getting logos made for this podcast i saw this logo and thought "Ooh, that's really good how can we rip it off um <laughs> as it turns out i've seen it yeah, before yeah. as it okay. turns out we didn't actually rip it off please don't sue us um but yeah so ever since that i've been wanting to try this wine and i have had it before um many times actually so this is the dark horse cabernet sauvignon Dark Horse winemaker Beth Liston believes that fortune favours the bold. Her pioneering approach to viticulture and winemaking champions originality and above all else, taste. A bold wine with big personality. This Cabernet is driven by flavours of blackberry and black cherry, supported by firm tannins and a hint of spice, 
all leading towards a complex finish of dark chocolate espresso. Pour a glass and let us know what you think. I feel oddly aroused. It's it's, Whoa, it's a pretty sens- sensuous wine. I had a bit of an accident after the last recording, which is that I was doing the washing up um, and one glass fell and then three glasses fell. And before you know it, I was down three wine glasses, which was less than ideal. So I went out and bought some new ones from TK Maxx and they're very fancy. £10 for six. That was a bug. Um, thank you you so guys can much. see this on our Instagram because I took a picture of them earlier. Or if you're in the States, TJ Maxx, as it's known there. I know, we it. Yeah. Oh, um, so cheers. 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 Tastes like Ribena. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it tastes nothing like Ribena. It tastes like... You know what it tastes like? My favourite thing. Vanilla. It's got a vanilla... It's got a vanilla taste. It's smooth as fuck. It's spicy. Are you having a wine gasm? A little bit. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Alex has already put hers down. Yeah. <laughs> How did yours taste, Alex? Oh, it tastes like last night. <laughs> <laughs> it's white wine, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty nondescript white it wine. It tastes like pineapples. Oh, you can eat a little it. bit. Yeah. Yeah, this is this has got a lot of flavour. Definitely that thing about being bold or whatever it said on the label. Yeah. I agree with. It definitely suits a goblet as well. It does. It's quite um, what I imagine medieval wine to taste like. I imagine medieval wine to be a bit thicker. Is it? A oh, bit no, like the, I think it's quite chunky. Is it like the wine you imagine the Game of Thrones cast are actually drinking? No, I imagine that being more like one of the really tanniny ones that makes your mouth feel like you've licked a tramp. Shame. But I do think this was quite a good choice to go with the the wine country topic because obviously it's from the wine country and it seems to be like a lot of the wines that they drink in that by which I mean we're drinking it and making up tasting notes. <laughs> yeah, agreed. It's also, I, I think that at least the red is a slightly more complex wine. Like it's not, it's not for everyone. And I think oh, no. that there's a bit more to it. Mm. Which I think is also true of the film. Indeed. I think, um, yeah. I think the white wine pairs quite well because there's that bit that made me lull um, where she said, oh yes, what's this wine called again? And it's like, white wine. They're like, yeah. yes, that's the good shit. <laughs> this is a generic white wine. Are you seeing any wine diamonds in it though? No. No wine diamonds. No. So for anyone who may not have seen the film, it is, as we said, called Wine Country. It's available on Netflix. I think it was only released on Netflix, wasn't it? It was an exclusive. Um, yes. Directed by Amy Poehler, or Emma Poehler, Emma Poehler. Say, like we say it, uh, who is best known for writing and starring in Parks and Rec. She's also on SNL mm. um, and lots of other comedy things, um, normally with Tina Fey, who is also in this film mm-hmm. um, and it also features a lot of the cast and the writers from various big American sitcoms and comedy shows like Saturday Night Live well I think they were all on Saturday Night yeah. Live together but they've all been on various other things yeah. together as well like um, Maya Rudolph has been in Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and um, many other things yes um, Bridesmaids quite famously Bridesmaids yes of course so it's kind of the the well-known women of US comedy of the last kind of 
what, 15 years? Um, yeah. All in this film. I think that's a fair, fair summary. Um, and spoilers ahead, like... <laughs> We're, we're talking about the film. Yeah. It kind of goes without saying. So if you haven't seen it, pause the podcast, go watch it, come back. Hello and welcome back. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> Alex. <laughs> so yeah, so brief outline of the plot. This group of ladies um, led by Amy Poehler and... <laughs> Emma Poehler. Yeah, pretty much led by Emma Poehler. <laughs> Uh, so fun to say. Whose character is called Abby? Whose Abby is called character? <laughs> um, go to the Napa Valley to drink a lot of wine and reconnect his friends for their friend's fiftieth birthday party. So Amy Poehler's character books this weekend away at the Napa Valley to celebrate um, Rachel Dratch's character's birthday, and it's all about them reconnecting. They used to work together. Um, all the characters used to work together at a pizzeria when they were like teenagers um, and they've kept in touch ever since and it's all kind of about female friendship and them fighting against this stereotype that whenever women go away together they will cry and they will fight yeah and also about the sort of coming to terms with your shit yeah mm. whether that is coming to terms with your age, coming to terms with your career, coming to terms with the fact your relationship isn't that great. There's mm. a lot of coming to terms with things. Coming to there. terms with shit. With shit, yes. Featuring wine. Featuring wine. Lots of wine. So much wine. Yes. Um, so what were our first impressions of the film? I enjoyed it, but I thought that it was going to be something different. Because I felt that the film was a lot more reflective and thoughtful um, and nuanced and, uh, dare I say, sad than I expected because I was expecting a lot more laughs. Yeah, there were not that many laugh out loud no. moments. And there were a few that yeah. I found very funny and like... I, de I definitely didn't leave the film feeling sad or anything. It wasn't like it was a drama. But it was it was a dramedy. In the sense that it wasn't comedy first. It was it was very much telling the story. It was story people. driven. Not yeah. Laugh driven. Necessarily. What about you guys? Yeah, I think I was expecting it to be funnier. Um, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't watch it again in a hurry. Um, I think reading the cast, I was super excited. Um, and I was maybe a little bit disappointed. Hmm, that's mm -hmm. a shame. Mm. Mm. It's like It was still great, but it just wasn't really great. It wasn't hysterical. Mm. Um, yeah, which is fair enough. But I was thinking then, maybe that's because it's about middle-aged women... And maybe there was there was kind of a, a degree of elevation of the comedy of what they were doing when they were younger because they were all SNL writers. Maybe it was about their evolution as comedy writers as well as their evolution as friends because all the mm. cast of friends anyway. But equally, there were a lot of fart and sex jokes. So yeah. I also I wondered whether if you if you had been watching SNL like yeah. if you had access to watch SNL all the time. And you had seen them when they were on SNL. Whether you would have found it funnier and more endearing than maybe I did. Because 
I've you know like I've seen Parks and Rec and whatever, but I we don't have access to SNL no, in the same, not the same way, way that in the same way that it's an institution. Like I know it's not quite the same thing because obviously SNL's sketches and stuff, but it's like I very much doubt that Americans would quite get the true love that I have for Graham Norton because Graham Norton is like an institution in the way that SNL is an institution there. Fair enough. Different, different comedies and different yeah. kinds of shows. But like, that, that, that just wasn't where I was expecting you to go with that statement at all. <laughs> I, just, I just really love Graham Norton. Fair I enough. really like Graham Norton. I've well. realised this over the past year. But my first impression of the film was, yeah, like you, I thought it was a lot more understated. Um, I thought it was... It lacked the farcical element of some of the other things that this cast have done. And... Mm. I was actually pleasantly surprised by it because there's been a lot of comparisons made between this film and Bridesmaids in that they are both female first comedies about friendship and friendship being tested, Mm. often starring some of the same people like Maya Rudolph. Um, But I did like Bridesmaids, but I thought it tried too hard to be about women like, that sounds really strange but it sounded like it, it felt like it was a it was trying to a make film a film written by men mm. about what they think female friendship is like mm. whereas this felt like a film written by a woman about women's friendship yeah and mm. i i agree with the comparison between bridesmaids as well because there there were similar tones um sometimes just the delivery was very yeah bridesmaids yeah and i had a similar feeling that i had when i watched bridesmaids because also when i watched bridesmaids i was expecting funny happy ha ha and funny happy ha ha <laughs> what i actually got from bridesmaids was predominantly a very sad feeling about my own inadequacy it was quite bleak, actually. Yeah, and I, cool. I think it's because at the time that Bridesmaids came out, I was I was not exactly in a particularly good place. And I'd gone to it thinking, this is going to be a funny comedy that's going to make me feel good. And I kind of just ended up crying. Like, and not in oh, a, wow. this is a cathartic emotional, like I cry at a rom-com cry, because I cry at everything. But, and actually like, well, shit like that's yeah. my crappy life cry especially because she's a baker and i'm like you know I, I bake quite a lot i make and that was a dream that i had for a while and it was just very depressing for me so when people talk about how great bridesmaids is as much as i recognize that it was a very um has some good moments and is quite an enduring film like i find it very very sad and i don't feel that way about wine country even though i think that the, the tone was heavier than i was expecting i certainly haven't come out of it i didn't come out of it feeling sad and i didn't come out of it feeling um i I didn't cry about my failed life at any point wow (laughs) but you know like it didn't it it resonated with me but it didn't I, i i don't think it completely missed the mark in the way that i feel like for me bridesmaids did i think as well though with bridesmaids i found even though it was, you know, like you were saying, Sam, like quite a farcical, heightened kind of world of women, mm. um, I think I related to those characters more because they were at a stage in their life that I can relate to in mine. Mm. Like, you know, friends getting married, trying to, like, 
discover like where you're going in life and your career and stuff like that whereas mm-hmm. I feel like wine country they're just it was they were too old for me interesting because I didn't I thought they did a really good job of still covering the same problems I, I think I my problems are very way. real yeah. but yeah. I just didn't relate to any of the characters because I was like oh. it's just not that's it's not like, where oh. I'm at okay that's Fair really enough. interesting because one of my questions was going to be which character do you relate to because I disagree I, I it really resonated with me I thought it did a really good job of being like that's what I, I found quite inspirational about it actually was the fact that they were like even when you're 50 you're still having the same ridiculous conversations with your friends and getting drunk on one of you's trying to get you to take MDMA or whatever. Um, not that that's what I want, but, like, Tuesday. but you know what I mean? Like, there's something ridiculous going on and they're still having the same conversations about career and career mm-hmm. crashes and what they're going to do and they're having the same conversations about inadequate relationships or a desire to be with someone and not be lonely, which is the other side of it. Mm. And I think it did a really good job of going, doesn't matter how old you are, you're going to have the same shitty problems. And it's how you, and it's how you deal with them. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I um, and also like you don't have to have your life figured out at thirty because they haven't got it figured out at fifty. Pretty <laughs> much, nice. like that's kind of. So when do you what figure I... it out? Never. No one. Um, no one figures it out. They just kind of wing pretend, it. pretend better. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just get better at pretending. You just get wigs. <laughs> Sorry, your face made me laugh. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Would you not get a wig? Yeah, but where did that come from? I don't know. I was think of, I think I was thinking of like pretending in disguises and then <laughs> a wig. <laughs> and we've been talking about Kristen wig, and so it was all. Yeah, that's where it came from. Yeah. So on that note, Alex, this might be trickier for you, but mm. you know which character did you relate to? Relate to the most, I suppose. Yeah. Because I I feel like. It's pretty much, obvious, yeah, pretty much from opening sequence, I was like, "Well, that's fucking me, isn't it?" Yeah. Um, I was obviously, I am an, a full Abby. blown Abby. Yeah. Um, <laughs> down like the schedule, the schedule, keep things on track, yeah. trying to not like, and the fact that she tries not to, and then it happens anyway. Yeah. Like she tries really hard, but then she's also like, "Just give me something. Let do it for me, yeah. for fuck's sake." And also the whole losing your job aspect yeah. was also pretty on the nose um so abby is very much for anyone again who may not have seen it is the um the almost de facto leader of the group she is um the one who books the holiday she is very type a quite controlling and bossy sometimes but also wants everyone to have a really good time like she just wants she every- means really well yeah she means well her heart's in the right place but she's trying to she's trying absolutely to control it uh and I, I fell in love with her very much, but it was the, you know, I just made a schedule, just an itinerary, like, just yeah, read it when you get yeah. time, but seriously read it, because now we're, I've got 20 minutes for cuddle time kind of thing, and yeah. I was just like, oh, I feel like I've well, literally... I was just like, I feel like I've literally had this conversation this weekend where I was like, everything's fine yeah we'll meet at like one but it does take two and a half hours to do this thing so we absolutely have to meet at one <laughs> like yeah there wasn't one character that I was like oh my god that's semi there was one character in it that I was like I don't know why you're here who was the one that was like oh I didn't even know if I was going to make it Um, I can't even remember her name the character Jenny name. Jenny do you remember at the beginning she was on the phone being like, "Oh, I just don't know if I can come." Like she oh, didn't have and then any she was, and then she was all. just like, um, she was like, "This holiday is like two days, three, three days, days too long. long. It's only three days long, exactly." So, but she just, I didn't see any point in her. 
Mm. See, I think I did. In that her her arc, short as it was, was very much she she cut herself off from a lot of people because she just wanted to be at home with her partner and didn't want to do anything and had kind of built up this array of issues that meant that she couldn't, like allergies or whatever. Um, and then she'd gone on this trip. She didn't want to go. She didn't think she was going to go. But by the end of it, she'd had a good time and she'd kind of push herself out of the yeah. comfort zone. And there's she was always, like, I wish There's I'd always that friend that, like, bails. Like, yeah. So maybe that's what they were representing. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think we've all got that friend that's like, oh, you know, I'd like to. So like, yeah, I'll definitely be there. And then you're like, they're not going to be there. Yeah. Oh, I'll try and make it. Just say you're not coming. Um, yeah. yeah, that's fair enough. But I think the one that I liked the most was Val, um, hmm. who was the older lady who'd had the new knees yeah. and oh, yeah. um, was um the one the gay the one who was gay. The one who yeah. was gay, yeah. yeah. Um but she was like she was just so she lovely. Was just, yeah, she was my favorite. She was my favourite. And also character. really she was really funny as yeah, well. That's she why was. I liked her. Um, and like, my heart broke when she was like Oh with the girl. Yeah. So she uh, again for anyone who may not have seen, um Val uh as we said is gay. She they go to a restaurant one night. The waitress, um, it, become, it comes out that she is also interested in women. Um, Val takes a shine to her. They kind of build up this friendship. And then at the very end, there's this kind of cross pu- crossed wire situation yeah. where Val thinks that this girl's expressing her interest in her. Whereas, in fact, she's just going to offer her the painting she did for less money. And it's a bit... Mm. Yeah. It's just a bit heartbreaking. <laughs> I... Yeah. And, like, Val's storyline. And I think... I don't want to... I don't want to you know, tell the story of the, the film too much. Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming that most people have, have seen it that are listening to this um, or will go watch it after mm. this. Um, but there's a line said about her, which was that it was something like, oh, never let the opportunity to make a friend go by. Mm. And I think you and I, <laughs> I don't know if Alex, you're quite this, this crabby. Um, <laughs> Maybe today tonight. she might be. <laughs> today, yeah, today. But like, I think you and I, Sam, are um, more often than not headphones on. Don't bother me, people. Um, yeah. Because we are quite introverted, we expend a lot of our energy in our professional lives. Um, that we and we are always trying to do things for other people. That when we're in a in a situation like a taxi or at a supermarket and someone tries to strike up a conversation, I think we are both a little bit like. Could you fucking could not? Could you not? But we'll go along with it. But we're like, could you not? Whereas what I thought was... Yeah, Val was much more genuine. Yeah, not, Val was very yeah. heartwarmingly, yeah. genuinely interested. Like, strikes up a conversation with a taxi driver on, what, a half hour drive? And then goes, oh, now do send me your mum's recipe and make sure that she tries this. And it's just, I... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like that kind of person. I'm just not that kind of, well, yeah. Sometimes I am, but very rarely. This is what, I, yeah, I didn't completely relate to her. Because there were a lot of that. Uh, that is one of the main things. But she was just too nice. Um, but I did really. In, I think I liked her character the most. Alex, who was your favourite character slash most relatable? Um, I'm gonna say Val as well. Yeah. I think I try to be like Val in a, quite a lot of. Uh, I think you're more like Val than we are in a lot yeah. of ways. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but when it comes to making new friends. Like, I have enough friends, and I don't even get to see all of the friends enough. I don't have enough time for the friends I have. There's no space 
for any more friends. And that make, make, might make me sound really kind of... Um, I'm just so popular. But in actual fact, it's like... I've just physically I just want can't. to spend quality time with the people I already like. Stop making me like yeah, but new how people. How do you know you won't like this person? It's not that you won't like them. It's, it's just that I'll feel like exhausted. it's another stretch to try and fit another person into a life that is already <laughs> really fucking so, stressful. So do and you busy. purposely not make friends with people? Sometimes, yeah. Because I'm like, you seem lovely, but I just can't. But Alex, you're very much of the opinion like I can have more not I can have more friends, but like no, but I you think know you that just... there are more friends out there to be made. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's that's nice. It's nice. It is nice. So we've talked about some of the characters that we find relatable. I think that we'll probably pick up on more things as we go. Um, but before we move on, how is everyone finding the wines? Delicious. I like it. Yes, I wish you'd bought more. I wish I'd bought more. I've had four sips. <laughs> good job, Alex. Have Thank they you. settled? How are you feeling? Um, a little bit queasy. Okay, good. But carrying on. Soldiering on. Yes. Spirit of the Blitz and all that. What, what? I think it doesn't help that the reason I'm hungover is because of wine. Oh yeah, no, that's yeah. not great. So if it break. was some, if it was a different drink, I'd probably be fine. We need to get you some limoncello. Uh, Got limoncello? No, what? I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I power. I power. <laughs> Sherry? No, none of these, please. <laughs> all of them in one. Oh no. Well, now. I have a question for you, which is tangentially related to the film, because in it, uh, and I'm sure we're going to get onto this in a minute, Tina Fey's character gives... I like one of the Tammy. Other... Yeah, Tammy. Another fucking Tammy. Another fucking Tina, Tammy. In a Amy Poehler thing. Yeah. Gives um, one of the characters her ultimate hangover cure. Alex, what's your hangover cure? Because I don't think we've ever talked about this, and I just feel like this is a really good opportunity. Um, Whatever it is, it's not well, working. Well, it used to be, a long time ago, it would be a Greg's pasty... And a Lucasade, yeah, or strong. a milk, sh- like a fridge milkshake. Oh, um, I also, I think now, like a a, a McDonald's Coke, mm. syrup mm. Coke, syrup Coke is strong. Tap Coke, is good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but my always, whenever I go into work and I'm hungover, it's peanut butter and banana on toast. Ugh. That sounds like my worst nightmare when I'm hungover. Oh, it's so good. It's the, it sticks it's to the, the roof of your mouth. Oh, the back of your mouth. But it gives you, it gives you <laughs> some energy, and but it's stodgy enough. Like, it's the perfect Absolutely hangover cure. Absolutely not. Sam, what about you? What's your hangover cure? Uh, more booze is number one, if I can. Oh, yeah, you them. always do manage I do to have the hair of the dog. I have to have the dog it. Um... <laughs> Where does that expression come from? I just had a really... The dog that bit you, it's a, um, to do with, I think it's some sort of superstition Like to thing, stop like the infection, the hair of the dog. You have to rub the hair of the dog that bit you. Oh, yeah. I feel like I've learnt. I mean, it works. If provided, like you've said tonight, it's not the booze that... that made it's you not ill. the exact hair of the dog. Um, yeah. Or a big thick milkshake does really help. I find that really mm-hmm. good. Which seems Never. so wrong because like, oh, dairy and like... No. Dairy and booze is always a bad idea, but no, it does help me. Or, yes, big, greasy pasty. Um, It depends what kind of hangover it is. If it is a, a headachey, feeling a bit nauseous, but definitely not going to throw up hangover, um, then either Marmite, like the, um, you know, the Starbucks cheese and Marmite panini? No, but... That yeah. shit gives me life. Uh, like a cheese um, and marmite toasty. Yeah. Do you know what? Um, uh, Papa John's do marmite 
and vegan cheese swirls. They are like the best thing I've ever eaten. Like literally my favourite thing. I will rather buy four portions of them than a pizza. Interesting. Yeah. But yeah, so Marmite and cheese is a is a pretty good mm. bet for me on a normal hangover day. The salt and the dairy. Yeah. Yes. Fizzy make feel nice, so sparkling water, diet yes. coke, regular Fizzy coke. Fizzy good make feel nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Um and a bacon sandwich, probably, is also great. If it's a vomi hangover. First of all, I probably won't be able to eat anything, and there's just there's just oh, no yeah. hope. For you know when you just can't it's a make or break stomach it's anything. Probably the worst. But if I feel like I'm trying to eat something, then it's um I'll have a resolve. I thought you were about to say <laughs> like um, a risotto. <laughs> Whoa, so specific. Yeah. Um, a resolve where it's water crackers, and oh. if you can keep water crackers down for an hour with water. Shockingly enough. Because it dries out your mouth so you want to drink water, but it puts something in your tummy so it absorbs it. Let's talk about Tammy. Tammy. Um, so Tammy is the character played by Tina Fey and she owns the house where everyone is staying. Uh, I did enjoy her character because she was not like any character Tina Fey has ever played before, I don't think. Mm. Um, I don't think she was dissimilar to... Andrea. Yeah. Um, the drunk therapist yeah. on Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, Andrea. I really enjoyed her. I thought that she had swagger. She had big dick energy. Yeah, she really did have big dick energy. And there was something else that I was going to say. Oh, yeah. No, she introduced the kind of... The the humour... The satire uh, through note of the film, which was when someone starts saying, can I just say something? Run like a fucking... Like, run. Shut that shit down. Because no, you can't. I think in a in lesser comedic hands in in a lesser group of actresses in a lesser group of people that that comment on that phrasing by women could be bullshit. It could be just this is what girls do when they are alone. But the way that they did it was funny because they made it funny by the sheer amount of times they referenced it. Hmm. I think because if they'd just done it once or twice, or they'd really hammed it up, it would have been it would have really missed the mark. And it's the idea, I realise I've been talking. It's the idea that can I just say something? The phrase can I just say something is basically can I just bitch about something for a while, <laughs> which is so fucking true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I definitely do that. It's along. It's in that same kind of lexicon as. I don't want to be a bitch, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I, be I love bitch. her. I'm not but... being funny. I love her, but I'm not being yeah. funny. It's definitely something that I think all of us have said in some variation or another at some point. So it did hit that kind of like oh no, um, note, didn't it? Yeah, you're like oh god. Oh, I feel bad about that. I feel like if you weren't that close, you probably wouldn't spend the time then kind of bitching about them i know that sounds ridiculous can i just say something doesn't feel like a malicious thing to me it feels like i just i want to get this off my chest yeah i need to know i think also women do a thing where they're like i don't know if i'm being unreasonable i want to test the waters yeah and i want someone to tell me if i am being unreasonable by thinking this way that's how i always see it yeah so on that note we're just going to take a brief break but uh we'll be back shortly to talk about what we thought of female friendship in wine country (laughs) 
And so we're back from our break. We are now drinking uh, the Laughing Llama. Uh, it's a Cabsav. It's a vegan cabsav. Um, Alex won't be having any of it because she's made a poor effort on Chardonnay. I'm sorry. But, um... <laughs> she is fully broken, guys. <laughs> Producer Holly, uh, Sam and I have made a dent on this already. So um, it's it's basically just that it was a vegan red that I like that's a cabsav that's good. It's got a really cool label. So got cab- really... I, I'll try a sip. May right, I try a sip? Then. Thank you. Um... I'll try a sip, not can I try a sip? <laughs> I will have. <laughs> I just assume. Um, this is a Sane special, uh, five pounds, I believe it is. It's actually one that I buy quite a lot, which is Chilean Cabernet Sauvignon. A uh, perfect blend of climate and soil, which lends itself to producing excellent quality wines, aromas of red fruits, Oop. chocolate, and a hint of mint give way really? to flavours of ripe red berries and the subtle warmth of oak. So we've talked a lot about the female characters in there and who we identified with and that kind of aspect, but we haven't mentioned the one lead male character in it. Um, Devon! Devon! He comes with the house. He comes with the house. So Devon is the butler slash driver slash cook, chef, whatever, who just kind of appears the second morning that they're staying in the house. And they're so hungover. Yeah. See that? Yeah, that is a relatable scene. Where do you, the hot, the hot water sauce. The kettle. That was literally yeah. me this yeah. morning. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't form a sentence. That resonated. It was the but... sun as well, where she walked out of the bedroom and it was just like scorching. And yeah. you're like, oh, oh. I'm feeling so well. <laughs> so Devin appears um, and there's this kind of running joke throughout the thing where he's making a paella. Um, but it takes him like four days to make this paella. <laughs> I mean, he's the and biggest paella. squid as massive. well. And he's fondling a squid. Well, you are supposed to make paella in a really big thing. But yeah. I know, but it's like the but biggest paella like, I've ever seen. But not for that long. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Anyway, sorry, you were saying. Yeah, so when he appears, he's got loads of seafood around him and everyone's really hungover and he's like basically fingering the squid. <laughs> um, and everyone's just like... Um, but... Later in the show, he appears in the doorway of Abby after everyone's had a big bust up, which obviously they have to have because they're women staying on holiday together. Um, and he says something along the lines, basically, of, should we just have sex? Or like, it's, it's very it's casual. Like, it is. It I is, think it just says, would do you, you want, like to have sex? Is, do you want to have, or how do would you feel about having sex? Or do you want to have sex? It's not even do you want to. It's just like, should shall we? like yeah it's it's very are we going to are we going to have sex it's something like that and there's a good i think the the following shot must be about 30 seconds a minute of just amy polar staring and blinking but to the the point where i had to tap my doesn't blink no she just stares to the point where i had to tap my phone to be like my it's frozen netflix is frozen i can't see what's going on and then she just goes fine sure yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, and they have sex. But my question is: Would you have sex with Devon? No. Why? Elaborate. Because he fingled, fingled. Fingled. This fingled, fingled. It's because I was going to say he fondled, and then I said fing- fingered came out of my mouth. I do like a good fingling. <laughs> now we're going to get sued. Um. Right. Okay. What so about Alex you, is a note. Um. You're hesitating. Yeah, I'm thinking. In a world in which... In a world... In a world... Where Devon Fingal squits. <laughs> in a world in which... I don't have a boyfriend. 
and I'm the kind of person that sleeps with people and by that I mean <laughs> by that I mean I think it's fairly well established on this podcast that I am a bit of a prude and it takes me a while to I don't do that I don't I'm not uh, me personally I'm not comfortable with it in a world where that's not an it's issue it's like a secret society you have to work your way up to that yeah pretty yeah. much um, in a world where I'm not a neurotic mess uh, probably yeah He's exactly the kind of cunt that I've dated before, so. What, that just makes endless paella? <laughs> no, but you know, he's understand. just like, he's just like, he's, there's nothing massively you know red what I loved about him, flaggy paella. about them, <laughs> except that their general demeanour is a kind of a red flag, but just just not enough that you kind of think that they might be cool and you're flattered that they're interested in you. To be honest though, there was nothing wrong with Devon. He, he was, was just kind of bleak. like, he was just a bit weird, wasn't he? Yeah, he, he was just, just was over, odd. he was just over familiar. Over familiar and was a bit weird with a squid. But other than that, he was just, he was not. So yeah, pretty much my ex-boyfriend. Everything's fine. Weird with a squid. Would you shag Devon, Samantha? Would I shag Devon? If I was on that kind of weekend away and I was really like, I'm so angry and bored. Yeah, but they also did buy vibrators for everyone, so they could have just had fun with them. I I speak as someone who sells vibrators for a living, and a vibrator is not a replacement for a person. Um, Okay, no, no, I'll fight you on that. Um, (laughs) But Kim's boyfriend, if you're listening, (laughs) (laughs) that's great. He's lovely and he's wonderful. But there was a five good five years before him, and I was perfectly happy. Um, Yeah, I'm not saying there's okay. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with vibrators. However, vibrator's not going to choke you, is it? So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, I'm just imagining, like, Devon, like, with a squid, like, round your neck. (laughs) I think he's a bit bland for that. (laughs) Like, he's literally fondling her face when she wakes up. I love that thing when she wakes up with her, like, sleep apnea machine on. Oh, yeah. He's like... Morning sunshine, and she's like, "Get away, <laughs> get out, the, fuck off, Devon." <laughs> you did raise a point though there where I reconsider my answer because you made the point that if I was on that weekend away with all my friends and we just had nothing, I'm like, no, there's absolutely no way I would be comfortable having sex with even if I was someone who was comfortable having sex with a stranger, which I'm just generally not. There was no way that I can conceive of being comfortable having sex with a stranger bookended by rooms in which my closest friends of 40 years are sleeping. Oh, see, if I was really annoyed, I'd probably do it just to get, be petty. No, absolutely not. <laughs> and you know why? Not only because... I've had sex for worse reasons. <laughs> okay. Not only because I would, I like would to feel something. too self-conscious, <laughs> but I would be so self-conscious... And also very aware that you could hear me and therefore if I wasn't having the best sex of my life, that you would hear me not having the sex be- best sex of my life. <laughs> and therefore be somehow <laughs> judging me for my inability to have a one night stand. And therefore for all those reasons you've, and more. You've enormously overthought the Yeah, I think we're thinking Hi, too much. welcome to my brain. Hello, have you met me? Come on in. Um, yeah. I just went for, no. <laughs> I think I don't know he wouldn't be top of my list um, <coughs> but he comes with the house <laughs> he really does come he with really the house. does come with the house oh. 
So obviously one of the core themes of the film is female friendship. And as we've discussed, most of the actresses, I should, sorry, I should say actors. I don't think the word actress is no longer, no, not really in use. Um, most of the actors in the film have been friends for a long time because they've all worked on the same projects. So it was like filming a show about, or a movie about friends with friends. Oh, that would be so much fun. Which would be so much fun. And Amy Poehler in, in an interview was and like, why? The, the, the hardest thing that she had was keeping them on track to film because they're all friends and they yeah. just wanted to chat. Um, well up for that. What did you think about the show's representation of female friendship? Did you think it was relatable? Did you think that it had been exaggerated for cinematic purposes? Or did you just not find it enjoyable or relatable at all? I do think it was exaggerated, as almost all TV and films are. Mm -hmm. But I thought that it was really great that they were all different but similar. In that it wasn't... It wasn't like in Friends where you have neurotic type A, easy breezy cover girl Rachel and like fucking hippy dippy weirdo. No, you have. Um, Phoebe. Like they were all similar in that they had similar backgrounds. They'd all worked at the same place. There was a logical reason why they were all friends. They all were interested in similar things. They all found the same things funny. Like, and I think that's a really important thing that they all, you know, they all laughed at the um, dildo claws scene. They all, they all wanted to be drinking wine. There wasn't someone that turned around and said, actually, I only drink beer ever. And they were all genuinely happy in each other's company, but they were all very different people and had taken very different paths. And that I really enjoyed because I think that for all that maybe sometimes to our listeners we sound quite similar mm-hmm. and we we obviously are living a shared experience because we are living in the same city and spending quite a lot of our time together. Mm-hmm. I think that we all have quite different ideas of what our lives are going to be and have been and how we choose to spend our time and it's nice to see that reflected in a way that wasn't tropey and simplistic like i felt i felt like every character maybe bar like one were was were was were well-rounded every character bar one was well-rounded what you said singular (laughs) grammar is hard y'all um yeah, I think that's a good point. What about you, Albert? <laughs> Sorry. Um, I apologise for my snigger there. Alex is just fingering around her, her own eye in <laughs> kind of disgust. Dismay. Dismay. Um, like a squid. <laughs> oh, no squid. No fingering squid. <laughs> um, do I think it's a good representation of female friendships? Yeah. Um, not every friendship will be like that. Yeah, I mean, I think at some moments it might be considered uh, a bit cliche, but I think sometimes female friendships are like, you know, there is the typical like we were saying um earlier the can I just say something or Mm. whatever it is. Everyone does that Mm. in well, I I have experience of doing that and hearing that myself. 
Hey, I offer you some feedback. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that would really irritate me if someone someone said that. Um, I think um, it was... It was it was quite honest actually. I think it was a good representation of female friendships. I think, uh, like I said, I I found it reasonably hard to relate to where they're at in their life. Mm. Um, but I definitely think I could relate to the relationships they had and formed, and also this kind of like they were clinging on to how they first met and connected in some respects mm. and even like portrayed that at the end where they all dressed up in their uniforms, uh, uniforms yeah. and stuff like that. And I think it was almost like the friendship was running away from them and they were trying to reconnect it and then in the end they managed to actually just... Yeah, in be what it was. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really nice. Yeah. So yeah. Nice. Yeah, I think what I liked about the film generally is that it was quite... For a comedy, like you said, it was it was quite um, realistic in a lot of ways. And I think one of the things I liked was that it wasn't about people evolving and changing in this unbelievable way or um, friendships drastically becoming different or that in a very Hollywood way. It was much more about the way throughout the years your friendship is going to change and it didn't feel like it was a pivotal moment necessarily for these people it just felt like another moment in this course of friendship that they'd had Mm. um and i thought that was really important because it implied that this wasn't a friendship that needed to be fixed in any way and i know there was the whole like you need to um you need to be more honest and you need to open up and stuff and it's like but they're all dealing with shit and they've obviously all been honest with each other in the past so I just I don't know and that's kind of a convoluted way of just saying I think it was people dealing with their shit at different points in their life wanting to talk about it not wanting to talk about it even if you're a very open person as some of them were Mm. there there were things they didn't want to say and that happens sometimes and I I really enjoyed it and I thought it was an interesting take on the trope of women getting together and if soon as women spend time alone together, they tear each other down. That's not what they did. No. There was no cataclysmic fallout where they all hated each other. They just... Mm. They were trying to build each other up. They yeah. were all trying to make each other's lives better. Exactly. Like no that, one was there. that was their ultimate goal. Yeah. No one was... Like, they may have said things that someone else didn't like, but they weren't saying it because they wanted them to... Feel small. Yeah, they were trying to help. Yeah. Mm. it's uh, was It was a slice of life, not a crux of life like it wasn't like this was the pinnacle of their friendship and it was make or break it was this was a scene in their friendship that they had probably it played. was like a postcard from their yeah. friendship yeah yeah that's a really nice phrase sometimes i have them what sometimes would be almost the like for a words what would be the picture the i think that bit of, right at the end when they're sat outside when they've got the like yeah. the lanterns going out and they've got tammy sat there being like <laughs> oh no i would have gone with them um down the bottom of the hill but yeah in short, loved it. Love. I think that for all that I was expecting a funnier film, accurate representation of female friendship. I yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, so I, Sam, you had a final question. I have one final question before we wrap up tonight, and this is uh, so at various points when they're um, in the car that Devon is driving or the big van, whatever, um, and at other points they mention their DUI song, ah. and the DUI song is like the your, your ultimate drunk song, essentially, isn't it? 
I can't remember exactly how they describe it. Yeah. So I wanted it, to find it's out your from tune each of you that what... you would you like to get tipsy to and have exactly. a dance. And I want to find out from each of you what your DUI song would be. Mm. Oh shit. See, That's I was thinking question. about this when this film was on and I couldn't like I think it just changes. Can we elaborate? Can we elaborate a little bit on it? Because mm-hmm. so what's your understanding of a DUI song? So it's a song is it a song that you dance to? Is it a song that you get ready to? Or is it a song that comes on when you're drunk and you fucking love it to me it's the song that okay so you're in a bar club whatever somewhere where you have been drinking and there is music and Mm -hmm. some space in which to throw yourself around um it's the song that comes on and you go fuck yeah like it's basically your your tune your jam whatever that's how i understand it right okay assuming that we're in the kind of situation in which this song is likely to come on which is obviously limited, but I think I'm going to go with Sugar, We're Going Down. Nice. Okay. We're going down, down, better, better, better. Which is a great song when you're drunk. Going down, swing it. Yeah. Fair. Because I think that there's, I don't think that there's ever been in a situation in which that song has come on and I haven't gone, we're going down, 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 down. Just like that. But that's a bit like um, Chelsea Dagger whenever that comes on. Yeah. Yeah, but I feel like Chelsea Dagger will come on in any Tom Dick or Harry nightclub. Yeah. Whereas Sugar We're Going Down. Tom Dick and Harry. Is that in Soho? (laughs) (laughs) It really should. Maybe that's what we should name the the, uh, Hangover Cafe. Oh, no one wants Dick when they're hungover. Um, but yeah, I feel like Fallout Boy coming on in a in a bar in a club for a long time was a rarity. Maybe not so much now, but for a long time it was it was niche, mm. and therefore that or Dance Dance or uh, Grand Theft Auto, those three Fallout Boy songs, basically Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy. Albuquerque. I don't know. I think I'm going to go with... Jeff. No? Yeah, it's pretty... <laughs> Probably something by, like, Arctic Monkeys or Florence or, like, Limp Biscuit or something like that. I mean, those are quite diverse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You see, you hand me at Arctic Monkeys and Florence. I was like, yeah, no, I can see okay, where you're coming like from. Indie, yeah, yeah, Limp Biscuit. And then fucking Limp, Limp Biscuit. But you know those kind keep of like rolling, rolling, yeah. rolling, rolling. Dog days oh, are keep rolling, rolling, rolling. <laughs> something, something from like when you're a teenager and you're just like you're dancing in your bedroom. You kind of go back to some, that. Some forty one. Yeah, yeah, like some okay. old school kind of indie. I can't do with some forty one though. Fair enough. I love some forty one because I like. Isn't it. your choice, Kim? No, but I like some forty one. But I had a nightmare once about some forty one. It's really freaking. Oh, out. I remember you telling me about, about this. Which Florence song though? Like Dog Days Are Over or mm. um, Rabbit Heart or whatever. I don't. I don't really know any Florence and the Machine. Drumming song. That one is a thing. That's a good one. What's her new one? I really like the new. I don't one. know any of her new stuff. If it's new, I no. As established. I was gonna say Taylor Swift, but actually, um, Taylor Swift is, is almost exclusively for drinking rose alone. So fair, and FaceTiming your sister. Yeah, um, but do you know what my song? Actually, I will tell you what my song will be right now. Nana banana. Nana <laughs> <laughs> banana. I haven't I stopped listening to that bloody song. 
And I actually do a little dance when I when I listen to it. Do you do the Fanny Wolf dance that they do? No, I just kind of jig on the spot. I have a I have a comparatively modern song other than Fall Out Boy. <laughs> Is it Mozart? Bach? <laughs> no. Sure, it's, it's that one little mix song that I like. I don't know. I don't, why are you pointing? I don't fucking Which know. Which is the, um, can't get it out of my hair. Do, 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 do. That so one. hair. That one. <laughs> that one. I quite like that one. But it's, who That's am I fair. getting? It's always okay. Boy. So you're going Fall Out Boy or no, Little Mix? No, I'm going Fall Out Boy. You're going Fall Out Boy. Fuck right. it. Okay. Don't waste my time. You have to pick one, Alex. You have to pick one. Netta. Banana, Netta. banana. Banana. <laughs> no. Never Fall Out Boy. Of Eurovision fame. Okay. Fall Out Boy. Right. Sugar, we're going down. Right. Sam. Uh, no, because you're going to laugh. No. I literally I just... Can, yeah, but I can, has Nana Banana. I can feel Holly in the corner and she's going to be like, what is wrong with you? Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited, me. yeah. Gold Digger by Kanye West. <gasps> Fucking tune! <laughs> no, that is a good one. That's a tune. That Every time we're in a club, shit, take my money. I'm not fucking there. That's a great tune. I respect that but. wholeheartedly. The other obvious one, which I think that you'll all share with me here, is Mr. Brightside. I was going to say Mr. Brightside. Oh, yeah, but... good choice. I mean, that's, that's end of the night wedding song. Or closing time. Do, 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 do. Holly knows what I'm saying. Are you, are you saying Wonderwall? No. That's not Wonderwall. No. no, but I just assumed that you were just saying closing time to the tune of Wonderwall. No. And after all, it's my... Cl- no, what, how does that even work here? I don't know. I think it could, though. So that brings us nicely to the end of this week's show. But before we go, we have to rate the wine and also the film. So the first wine we started with was the Dark Horse Cabernet Sauvignon from California. Um, Kim and I drank that. Alex had the uh, fancy Chablanc Chardonnay, I believe, from Daniel's Daniel's Drift. Oh, Drift. Drift. I can't read it from here. Um, So Alex, do you want to start with your Chardonnay? (laughs) Is it even worth asking you at this point in the night? I've I've had one glass that I've drunk very very so okay. I'm so sorry guys. It's great. I participated. Sure. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't know you anymore. No, I know. You'll know me tomorrow. Um, I I don't think I should rate this because it, if, even if it was the most beautiful wine in the world, it would get a low score today. Okay, fair enough. We so will, we will add a um. You will abstain TBC. from. Rating this one. Yeah. Let's make a point of giving Daniel's Drift Chenin Blanc Chardonnay a second chance okay. in a later episode. Let's do that. Okay. That sounds good. Alright. And Kimberly, what did you think of the Dark Horse? I'm a, I was already a fan of Dark Horse. Um, it's... Continue. <sighs> Gross. It's a wine that I have had before. It is associated with um, a particular French group and so on and so forth. Uh, I'm a big fan. Friendship group. Um, I'm a big fan. I do think for my, I like, I like a heavy wine, but it's, and I love vanilla, but it's, it's quite a strong, robust wine and I can't drink a lot of it. Like it's very much a, I will have one bottle of this and then I'm done. Whereas, a friend of mine has definitely had like three bottles in a night, and oh, no. yeah, I can't, I couldn't oh. do that. It's not a session wine. That's um, no. So I'm gonna give it a four, which is pretty fucking high because it is it is a wine that I like, and I know how much it costs, give or take. I think it's for its 
price point for its flavours. How much is it? It's about nine pounds. Oh, it? It, was that's a t- it was nine ninety five. Yeah, good. I think in Sainos, it's on offer occasionally. Like it's in Coop quite a bit. Like it's a readily available Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, it's on the top end, so it's nine to ten pounds. It's it's good. It's a well, really nine good. To ten. <laughs> oh, that would be a That'd day be I want to work. It's a good bottle of wine to bring as a gift. Yeah, strong. Uh, so what was your rating? Four. Oh yeah, four. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I It was not as heavy as I was expecting it to be. It was very fruity and, as producer Holly said, quite sweet, actually. Um, and it's one of the better reds I've had, so I'm also going to go with a four. Whoop, 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 whoop. It was a good one. All the best ve- all the best reds are not vegan, Alex. And I'm really sorry that you can't. That's fine. <laughs> Why we don't share with you? Oh, it's not true. Well, because I'm vegan. No, don't no, share with the no, vegan. Because you don't drink red. I would give. What's the film called? <laughs> <laughs> wine country. I would give wine country uh, a solid three out of five. Okay. Um, you just held up five fingers, but we'll go with it. <laughs> yes, but I held up five when I said the word five. I would give it three out of five. <laughs> Why just three like that? I, I, my brain is not connected properly today. Because it wasn't as funny as I was anticipating. Um, I like what it stood for. I enjoyed it. Uh, but I'm not going to, you know, shout about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, Max. I'm. This conversation has changed my mind a little bit because I didn't realise quite how much I appreciated the message if I did not appreciate the comedy and I brought to it too much expectation of comedy, much like I did Bridesmaids. Mm. Um, so I'm going to go 3.5 grapes. Um, because I think that I, I've already recommended it to people, which is always a good sign. I did enjoy it. I love Amy Perla. Emma Perla. Um and wine. Plus right. it gave me a great excuse to talk about it and drink one of my favourite wines. So Fab. Okay. I'm going to go with a four, I think, because oh. um I, I really liked it. I watched it, as I mentioned earlier, um, in five sittings because I didn't have time to sit down and watch it all in one go. Um but that didn't detract from my enjoyment of it. I thought it was enjoyably understated. Um, not like the wine, which was very big in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> that's what she said. That's what Devon said. And no, what did she say that? No, what was that? That's that. what she said. Things we say now. Things we say now. That was very big in my mouth. Things we say now. And I would... I, yeah, I would recommend it. I think it was a good showing of Emma Poehler's blend of comedy and heart. And yeah, go watch it. So thanks for listening to this week's show. We will be back in two weeks' time with a brand new episode for you. If you have enjoyed listening, please do follow us on social media. Where we are on Instagram at Grape Culture Podcast. We're on Twitter at Grape Culture Pod. And you can also check out our show notes for this week's episode on our website, which is www.grapeculturepodcast.co.uk. And if you're listening on iTunes, please leave us a review because we're needy and we need it. Um, And we'd also just like to hear more about what you enjoy and what you would like to hear more of. So thanks for listening and we will see you next time. Bye! Bye! Bye!